Welcome to the Curvation Center and the From Bars to Business series. This series focuses on the challenges of reentry for the justice involved and how businesses can benefit from hiring them and make a positive difference in their lives. This podcast is funded through a grant from the First Community Foundation Partnership of Pennsylvania. This is episode one of our From Bars to Business series. There, but for the grace of God, go I. Let's get talking. I'm really excited. This is, I think, our first episode for our Bars to Business podcast, and I'm able to sit here with Teresa Kohler, right? It's Kohler. Am I saying it right? You are. I love having these conversations with Teresa where we talk about all the different things that happen with employment and whether it's what we're going to be talking about employing uh, justice-involved individuals or just people that are looking for jobs, and we've used career link to do these sorts of things. Teresa, before we get started, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about you and career link and, uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, as Steve said, my name is Teresa Kohler. I am the business consultant for both Lycoming and Clinton County, Pennsylvania career links. So my specific job is to work with employers and help them overcome any challenges that they're facing. And right now, of course, the big one is workforce. Um, and provide resources for them and opportunities so they can grow as an employer. Great, thank you. Now, as we start this whole series talking about justice involved and talking about how uh, we want to encourage businesses to consider a labor pool that they normally wouldn't consider, um, I'd like to go back a little bit. Uh, can you help set the stage? What was, what was the labor market like before COVID, if we can remember before COVID? Oh, I can certainly remember. <laughs> the labor market was tough. Unemployment was very low. Um, we were looking at about 3% unemployment rate before COVID hit um, and everything was shut down March 16. Um, so, yeah, it was very tough then. And a lot of what CareerLink was looking to do with employers or work with employers on was um, long-term strategic planning on pipelines of talent and of course retention in the workforce. So, you know, we were starting to work with them on how they could develop those new pipelines, you know, linking out to middle schools, high schools, to reentry programs, um, to our A4TD program, which is a mature workforce, um, OVR, veterans programs and so forth. Um, so those initial outreaches were starting because of the unemployment rate and then of course COVID hit. Yes, you mentioned the the rec historic low unemployment prior to COVID, prior to March 16th, you said? Um, yeah, March 16th at four o'clock, we got shut down. <laughs> oh, there we go. A, a day and time that's etched in your memory. You know, we, we were having this conversation earlier. So in January, February, actually, we started talking about this in October of 2019, the idea of working and encouraging businesses to consider and, and to look at this potential pool of employees that they normally would discount. If they check the box, they throw out the resume, regardless of what else is on there. And we were thinking this would be a good conversation to have because regardless of what, what demographic you were in, if you were, if you were African-American or black, or you were white or you're man or woman, all the dem demographics were showing record and historic low unemployment numbers like we'd never seen before. And so we thought, well, if you still can't hire, and here's this pool of people you won't look 
two, our take on it was, let's talk to you about having this conversation. Uh, now, once that changed, we went from what, 3% to 40% unemployment, something like that. I don't think it was quite that high, um, but it was. 100%, it was 100% unemployment. <laughs> Yeah, but it was extremely high and the highest that we had faced in our area um, for decades. Um, so once that that changed, I, I guess I, what I want to cover is you and I had talked and you're right back in October 2019, um, just about how we were going to find these pipelines and help these employers. And we had already started looking at reentry programs and justice involved individuals. And at that time in our area, as you well know, um, it was a very tough conversation to have with employers. And, you know, there were a lot of concerns and, and trying to alleviate those concerns by talking about programs and services and the benefits. It seemed to not be sinking through to the employers as well as what it did once COVID hit. So once COVID hit, it seems like, oh, we have this high unemployment rate, and so it shouldn't be too tough to find employees, but we found that not to be the case. People were very fearful of COVID, and they, they didn't understand, um, I guess, basically, how can I contract this, or what would this be like in the workforce, or I have family members, I don't want to expose this to them. So there was that fear of actually going into the workplace. And of course, some of the guidelines from CDC had changed and employers were really struggling you know, to ensure that they could offer that safe environment. The other aspect of that was we saw um, with the unemployment, um, new categories of unemployment. Um, typical people that would not have received unemployment in the past were now able to receive unemployment. And you know, that also caused some issues with getting people back into the workforce at that point um, because they were general contractors, you know, um, servers, uh, bartenders, you know, a variety, a, a wide gamut of individuals that normally wouldn't have received unemployment. In addition to that, as we all know, there was an extra amount of money on top of their benefit that they were receiving. And, you know, that extra money, you know, helped them, of course, through this time, which was wonderful. Um, but in our area, the cost of living is not very high. And in rural PA, you know, the extra $600 a week in, in benefits on top of their regular benefit, you know, caused a lot of individuals to earn more than what they were in their workplace at that point in time. So it was a struggle for employers because they were having a difficult time getting people back to work. And then, of course, you know, on top of that, being off for COVID reasons and bringing them back, not understanding how all the laws and regulations were working at that point in time. So, you know, that's been the struggle for employers through COVID. Um, they're still struggling, as we well know. I can tell you that as of February 2021, um, our unemployment rate in central region, which includes Lake Cumming County, is only 6.9 percent, probably a lot lower than what most people think. So in Pennsylvania right now, the unemployment rate is 7.3. So we're actually lower than the Pennsylvania rate, but we're slight bit higher than the rate throughout the United States, which is 6.6% .6 in unemployment, again, 100%. as of February. 
Well, you know, it's, 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 it's really kind of interesting as well, because one of the things that I first thought would happen in, in, an, in a world where we didn't have the $600 a week incentive or a $300 a week incentive, uh, you would think that with record high unemployments, uh, when businesses started to open back up and look for employees, that there would be lines of people like we would see in photographs from the Great Depression, right? You'd, you'd see all these people trying to line up to work. And what we saw were people not lining up and yet businesses having having an open door, empty door policy almost. Um, and, and when I first looked at it, I thought it was going to be the other way around. And so I thought, well, here's a great chance for CareerLink to talk about the incentives that are there. And we're going to talk about the incentives that are available to businesses to hire justice involved and others to include veterans. We'll talk about that in another podcast. But uh, what I'm hearing you say is actually when they opened up the doors and nobody came in, this actually creates an opportunity for the population groups that have found it hard to get hired. So when you start looking at justice involved or people with, uh, I heard a great description of this just the other day, people who have um, background barriers uh, to employment. Oh, that was a pretty cool phrase. Uh, when, When you have these people who normally couldn't get a job when nobody else is willing to work right now, that's an opportunity. And businesses have an opportunity to to, to learn a bit more. What, what would you say are some of the benefits? We know the need now. Uh, the, the need is to hire some of these people. What would you say are some of the benefits of bringing either a, a background barrier, an individual, or a justice involved, or, or just someone who checks that box? Right. That's a great question. First, I want to jump back just a little bit um, on how COVID you know, has actually helped um, where employers are concerned with considering those individuals with the background barriers, as you call them, which I do like that term as well. Um, because you and I both know with working with businesses, as we spoke about before, that it was more difficult at that time to um, get them to take a look beyond that check mark on that application form. But with COVID, after several months of realizing that they weren't getting the candidates through the door, you know, businesses started to understand we need to take a deeper look at this. Now, what is it? What is our stance where justice involved individuals are concerned and why is this our stance? So a lot of what you're working with companies on and I'm working with companies on is really understanding that so that they have a new um, talent pool. So how do we do that? Well, you know, we discuss the number of individuals coming out of prisons right now and that are on probation and parole. And we look at the fact that, you know, while they're incarcerated, it's not like they're sitting around doing nothing. Um, Most of the individuals that are incarcerated are actually working, doing some type of job inside the walls. And unless they have a medical restriction or there aren't just enough jobs, you know, they are working. So that means they're gaining skills while they're there. And we all know, you know, the busier you are, the less likely you are to get in trouble. So, you know, working within the prison, they realize that and they try to keep individuals involved and they are doing everything under the sun. So the benefits are you're gaining a lot of skills 
from individuals you know, that are coming out of the prison system. They are the ones that are actually doing most of the work inside the prison. Mm. So the staff, they monitor, they watch, they teach, you know, but the offenders are the ones actually doing the work. So you have the benefit that they have these skills, even though they may not be credentialed, they have skills. In addition to that, they're coming out and part of their parole is that they must work. They must find work. They have to pay their fines. They have to be contributing to society. So they need that job. And the great thing for an employer is if they are on probation or parole, they have another support, the employer does, because they have that probation or that parole officer um, who's going to ensure that the person's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that means showing up for work and paying their fines. Um, so you get you're giving an, a person a second chance opportunity who's very thankful to have that chance and they tend to be more loyal. Um, I think you're going to have a presenter on at some point later on talking about um, those numbers actually. So I don't have those numbers in front of me, but it's a great presentation. And I encourage your listeners to tune in on that segment. Um, but they're, they're astounding. They're terrific numbers. And if you're looking at retention, keeping those employees long term, then, you know, this is an avenue that you really want to look at. Now, um, I, I appreciate what you're saying, too, because what, what we're talking about here is not encouraging businesses to indiscriminately say, oh, you're justice involved. Look, there's all these benefits of everybody who's justice involved. And you and I are going to have a, a, a friendly conversation as, as friends and another one not representing CareerLink, where we're going to talk about some of the things that, that happen in prison and, and the mindset that they have. And, and we're going to have some podcast interviews with people who have a justice involved history. You know, they, they have background barriers. And it's going to be interesting to, to hear from them because I've already been having some conversations and hearing them talk about what makes a good employee. And so when, if I were to come to you as a, as a business and separate from all the opportunities we're gonna talk about in another podcast of, of support from the state and the federal government, but if I were to come to you and say, hey, hey Teresa, I, I'm, I'm interested in doing what I can and, and hiring what may be a very good workforce, what would you say are some of the things I should be looking for in the justice involved individual as, as I look to, to achieve success for them and for me? Definitely how they speak about the opportunity. Have they done the research into your company to show that they're interested? Um, I would say, what did they do inside the prison? Um, and what was their attitude about that? How they present and, and honesty. I think, and I think this goes with any employee, but especially if you're a little concerned about the individual um, having that background, is how honest and direct are they with you? Are they looking you in the eye when they're speaking with you? Are they, do they understand what they did? You know, are they willing to share that? And, you know, what kind of questions are they asking you? I'd, I'd say it, I mean, it's pretty typical of a regular interview and I understand an employer being a little more concerned because this this person was justice involved. Um, but my experience has been, you know, if they're just blunt and honest and direct with you and they can look you in the eye, then you know they're telling you the truth. 
funny so, that you, you, it's funny that you say that because what, what got me started thinking about this whole topic a number of years ago, and, and I, I don't have permission to use their name, um, but I was talking to someone who was on a hiring committee and, and they were hiring for a university police force. And he was telling me that, you know, they asked questions about drug use. Have you ever used this, this, or this? And this one individual, not only do they check all the boxes, they added boxes. <laughs> There's other things I've used as well that you don't even know about. And I'm like, you hired that person on the spot, right? No. Well, yeah, to me, that person is about as honest as they come. They're trying to be as honest and open with you as they possibly can be about who they were and where they're coming from. And, uh, and, and so... I guess what I'm saying, I wouldn't necessarily hire that person on the spot, but definitely you want to give that person the interview and find out why are they being so honest about it and, and listen to them and be grateful that they were willing to share that much about themselves. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think as you speak with um, your justice-involved individuals that you're going to be doing on these podcasts, one of the most difficult challenges they have is figuring out how are they going to speak with employers about this. And the prisons have done a great job of putting together reentry programs so that they can work on how to deal with those issues as they come up and how to explain those. Um, I think it's tough on them and the fact that they can share that with you and, and especially be direct and honest about it. You know, you have to sit there and, and think to yourself, wow, they actually shared this. They were honest um, because you can Google nowadays and pretty much see anything. But one thing I always say to employers um, when we talk about justice involved individuals is, you know, think back through your life. How many times have we done something how many times have you done something that you really could have gotten in trouble for and honestly just didn't get caught? I think if we all look back on that, each one of us can see that we made mistakes and honestly we got lucky and, and some of these individuals did not. Um, not every criminal is hardcore, you know, murderers or rapists or aggressive. You know, 80% of the population that is incarcerated are drug-related offenses and, you know, as I can say, we all have family members, friends, someone we know um, that has gone to prison. You know, yeah, whether it's, that, it's, it's not funny. It's, it's, it's very interesting that you say it that way. And, and the first thought that comes to mind for me is the phrase, but for the grace of God. You know, for so many of us, it really is. But for the grace of God, there goes me. And the the. The meaning behind that whole sentence is exactly what you said. We've done things. I, I, I can't name a single individual except maybe my father, bless his, you know, bless his soul, who have not done something. At a minimum, we've all probably been speeding far more than we should have been on a road, knowing that there's no cops on 87, right? <laughs> or something that could have gotten us in a lot of trouble, And and but for the grace of God. And so... And, and we're not saying forgive with the grace of, that God carries uh, and, and all things are forgotten, but you know, be very, you know, do all the things you just listed and, and you know, interview them and see if they look you in the eye and how they share, how they share what they're doing. Teresa, thank you so much for joining me on this inaugural episode of our, our bar, From Bars to Business uh, podcast series. It's a great start and I really do appreciate you taking the time. Well, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it as well. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. 
Hopefully you found it informative. And please, listen to the remaining parts of this multi-part series as we explore the way businesses can be successful hiring and providing support for justice-involved individuals. We encourage you to check out the other resources the Covation Center has for small business owners. Visit our website at covationcenter.org and be sure to watch our video series on YouTube. Just search for Covation Center. We provide various videos designed to help you start and grow your small business. Until next time, have a great day.